you see an entire team's capability and competencies start to improve, and then all of the sudden, results start happening. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Welcome to the Inspiring Leaders Podcast, the show that helps you become a more inspiring leader. And with that first sentence, most of our regular listeners are likely thinking that something sounds a little bit different today. Yep, that would be me. I'm Dana Jansen, an executive and leadership coach, and today I will be your show's host as we turn the table on the show's regular host, Terry Lepovsky. For the past few years, we've all listened to Terry interviewing many great guests on this show probing into their perspectives on how to lead in an inspiring way. Well, I've been looking forward to this rare opportunity to put Terry on the hot seat to interview him about his perspectives on leadership. So Terry, I remember how we met. A few years ago, you asked me to be part of a group of coaches that had formed a mastermind group to help each other further grow our businesses and ourselves professionally. Our business group was filled with successful entrepreneurs from all over North America. And through our weekly Zoom meetings, I had a great opportunity to hear many of Terry's perspectives on leadership and organizational best practices. I came to realize just how well aligned he and I really are. Over the past decade, Terry has dedicated himself to helping organizational leaders discover best practices and perspectives that might help them become more effective leaders. And within the last two years, he has brought this particular podcast to life, growing the audience based on interviewing great leaders from the four corners of the globe to bring you the best examples of smart, effective leadership. So Terry, welcome to your own show. (laughs) This sounds so strange to hear somebody else do an intro on this show. Dana, thank you so much for that wonderful welcome. All right, Terry, since you are now in the hot seat today, let's go with our first question. I'd love to hear from your perspective, who or what inspires you and why? I ask this to everybody who comes on the show. Yep. (laughs) And I've had the privilege of hearing all these other great leaders talk about what inspires them. And I've had some time to really think about who has inspired me the most. And I think I'd like to say that probably one of the biggest inspirations I've had is a guy by the name of Bill Campbell. A lot of people out there are not going to recognize that name. And that's one of the reasons that he really inspires me. He's not in the spotlight. There's no books about him. There are no movies about Bill Campbell. But he just may have been one of the most influential people in the history of business, but most definitely in high tech. Why is it that we've never heard of Bill Campbell, but he's so influential? Bill Campbell was actually a football coach for Columbia University. He also, over his career, became the CEO of the financial firm Intuit. He served on a bunch of Silicon Valley boards. It was in the days that Apple, Netscape, Google, and Amazon were all just getting started. And apparently, somebody on Apple's board suggested to Bill Campbell that he go in and talk to Steve Jobs. (laughs) Well, that's easier said than done, right? Yeah. You know, if anybody's ever read any books about Steve Jobs, they know that in those days, he had a huge reputation of being this undisciplined, chaotic commander that didn't listen to anybody. Bill Campbell knew that. He knew that if he came in to tell Steve Jobs what to do, the door would definitely be open for him to be leaving. (laughs) So instead, he came into Steve's office and said, okay, Steve, what needs fixing right now? Bill Campbell took a completely different approach. 
And this is one of the things that created what we know now as executive coaching. Asking the really big questions. The impact that he had on Steve Jobs' career was transformational. If anybody's read a book about Steve Jobs, you know what he was like in his early career. This was a, a huge transformational turnaround. Now, I worked at Apple while Steve Jobs was there. Oh, really? The Steve Jobs that I worked for was a dramatically different person. He was very clear-minded. He was a great leader. He himself was an inspirational leader to me. Bill Campbell's coaching may have had a huge impact on him, but few people know that he actually had an impact on a lot of other people. So check this out. Bill Campbell was also the coach to Apple's current CEO, Tim Cook. Really? He was also the coach to the three founders of Google, Larry Page, Sergey Brin, and Eric Schmidt. Wow. And he was the coach to the Netscape founder, Mark Andreessen, and the current richest man on the planet, Jeff Bezos from Amazon. Talk about a roster <laughs> wow. of groundbreaking, inspirational, transformational leaders and companies. Bill Campbell's magic, really, he's created a lot of magic and some of the most powerful executives of our time. And he's the guy behind the curtain, the one that they are talking to, to figure out their way through a lot of challenges and opportunities. That's so cool. I've got a great quote that I found from Bill Campbell. He says, your title makes you a manager. Your people will decide if you're a leader, and it's up to you to live up to that. That is profound. Love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing this person that not too many people know about. Sounds like he's incredibly influential. You have interviewed a ton of people over the last few years in the podcast. True. You've heard a lot of people talking about perspectives and their ideas about what makes leaders inspiring. When I asked you about what you'd like to talk about, you confidently replied that you wanted to talk about how busy leaders can coach their people. But this isn't about coaching leaders. This is about how leaders should be coaching their team, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to hear what you would love to talk about today and dig into this topic about how leaders be coaching their team. This is something I've wanted to talk about for a long time. And I think it's funny that almost three years have gone by and we haven't really had a show talking about how to coach your employees. It didn't really hit me until just recently that this is such a, an important topic for leaders out there. It really deserves to be covered. What led me to start my company was the ripple effect that organizational leaders can have on their teams, their colleagues and peers, their customers, and their stakeholders. Yeah. It's a good leader that can lift everybody up, including their organization. This is the background about why coaching is so important. As I was navigating my own career, I saw a lot of really well meaning managers that didn't even know that they were harming employee morale or maybe missing an opportunity to leverage an employee's potential. And I was reading up on a lot of this. I was genuinely interested in this, gobbling up books like crazy, attending courses like the Dale Carnegie courses. I saw a lot of managers making the same mistakes over and over again. I think you and I both know that people don't wake up at a bed and say, wow, I'm going to ruin a few people's lives today. People are genuinely doing the best they can with what they know. That's it. But there's no manual when you become a VP that says, here's the way that you do it, or here's how you can really motivate your team, or this is how you can become more strategic in your thinking. There are really not many resources out there. People get hired based on what they've done in the past, and then people just kind of cross their fingers and say, 
I hope he's going to do a good job in this new role. <laughs> yeah. The problem is a lot of people have only the examples that they've seen in the past, and that's what they default to. So what normally happens is that people end up with only one tool in their leadership toolbox, and that's a hammer. Yeah. Here's the thing. The hammer style of leadership, which is also called the commanding style, that gets people an engagement factor of about 33% or less. Mm. If you really want to demotivate your people and not have them engaged, that's a great way to go. But if your dominant style of leadership is a developmental style or a coaching approach, that's going to get you an engagement factor of about 67% or higher. Wow, that's huge. What are you going to do? It seems pretty clear to me. Let's make this argument a little bit more compelling. Organizations with a career development program get up to 250% higher productivity. Wow. That's a fact. That comes from a study from Scales in 2012. And here's another one. Organizations that have a culture of coaching have 13% or better business results. That's a study done by Burson. Companies that invest in coaching, on average, get seven times their money back. So for every dollar they spent, they're making seven bucks. Sounds like a good ROI. Yeah, that's a great ROI. And a lot of organizational leaders, a lot of CEOs don't know this. And I think that these are the kind of stats and facts that are really going to raise a lot of eyebrows. So fortunately, I think the word started to get out a bunch of years ago. And I think a lot of organizational leaders heard about why coaching was effective. The problem is, Dana, you and I both know this. A lot of people just don't understand how to coach people effectively. No. And I think if you asked 100 leaders, 75% of them will say that they coach their people, but only about 5% are doing it well. There's a huge variability on how people perceive that they're coaching or what they're actually doing. I actually asked one of my clients a while ago, I asked him how he coaches his people, and this is what he said. He says, well, I sat down with one of my sales guys, and I said, I see your sales are down so far this month. You better pick up your socks and do it quickly. <laughs> that sounds like coaching. a veiled threat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not coaching. No. That's managing and not doing very well at that. Yeah. So that approach will guarantee that your team is going to become disengaged. Mm -hmm. That's using the hammer. Mm -hmm. Over the last few years, I've worked with these great guys over at a company in Vancouver called Leadscape Learning. Brent and Cheryl over at Leadscape Learning have developed a wonderful workshop called Navigational Leadership Conversations. All the credit goes to these guys. It is a brilliant program, and what it does is it helps busy managers learn the true best practices for coaching within their organization. Okay. Essentially, what this program does is it's a learn-how-to-pay-it-forward program. You learn how to bring out the best in other people. So it's a two-day workshop, and managers learn about the principles, mindset, and perspectives to make coaching effective. And then they get introduced to a five-step coaching model that they can use with their direct reports. I won't have time in this show to get into the five-step coaching model itself, but I think there's a lot of value in just covering off a couple of things about the mindset and the perspectives that are needed and that are indispensable to creating a winning development program for your own team. Sounds like this is about empowering leaders to be able to be their own coach to their teams without having to rely on external resources. I'm glad you said that, Dana. 
I think when I start talking about coaching for leaders or coaching for busy managers, I think immediately everybody defaults to thinking, oh, that means hiring a coach and bringing them in. No, what this is, these are tips and tricks that managers can use to coach the people that work for them. Or they could even use it to coach their peers or their boss. <laughs> there are some really interesting ways of adapting this model and these perspectives and mindsets so that you're using it to your advantage for many different aspects of the interactions that you've got throughout your day. So applying it up sideways and down. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about this coaching mindset you're talking about. So I'll break this down into six pieces that I think are really going to put this into good perspective for people. Great. Let's start off with this. Coaching, as I've mentioned, it depends on a trusting and collaborative relationship. So you need a willingness to collaborate in the first place and in the process itself. And it's not possible to coach somebody against their will. <laughs> so it all starts off with that trusting collaborative relationship. The second piece of this whole thing that makes this successful, this mindset that makes coaching successful in an organization, is focusing on the coachee's agenda, the employee's agenda, so that they can make it their own and they can internalize it. You need alignment of that agenda, but leaving that agenda up to that individual is very important because when they own it, they're going to be driving it. If you come down and you say, look, your results are not good, you better pick up your socks, now that's all, all of a sudden that's the boss talking down to the employee. And we both know that that's not going to work. Absolutely not. So focusing on their agenda is important. And that kind of bridges into the next piece of this one. The third piece of the mindset that you need to coach your employees is to establish a peer-to-peer -peer collaborative relationship. Peer-to-peer -peer doesn't mean you're sitting behind your desk. It means that you're going out for a walk to coach your people or that you're sitting down in a breakout room right, where you're both on the same level and there's a, maybe a small table in the room, but so that you're at that eye-to-eye, peer-to-peer level, and you're forming a collaborative relationship. All of those co-words come into mind. Collaborate, co-create, cooperate. That's really what you're after, that peer-to-peer -peer relationship. So don't talk down to them because that's really not going to be coaching. The fourth thing is, coaching works best when your people find their own answers. So this is why questions come into the equations. They're so vital and so important. When you're asking people to bring out answers out of them, then they own what comes out of their mouth. The more engaged they are in the solution, the more buy-in that you're going to see from them and the greater chance of success. So that's why everybody says, if you're going to coach somebody, you should be relying on questions a lot, open-ended questions. Tell me about what's getting in your way or tell me about what you'd like to achieve. When you ask questions like this, you're getting that person's thoughts and ideas and you're not dictating to them. Here's another one related to getting the answers to come out of the individual. The second thing is getting the work to come out of that individual. The employee does the work. Sounds like accountability is put on the employee, not the coach or the leader. Right. That's it exactly. When you're asking your people about finding their own answers and then getting them to commit to the work that needs to be done to address those answers, 
that's where the magic really comes into coaching. And this is one of those two pieces right there, I think, are some of the real bits that are missing from a lot of people's approach to just sort of layman coaching, which isn't really effective. It sounds like accountability is owned by the employee, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Take the monkey off your back, leaders. <laughs> yeah. It's not just what's done after the coaching session, but the work in the coaching session itself. If the coach is doing all the talking, it's probably not a coaching interaction. Mm -hmm. So here's my last one. Of the six pieces of the mindset, coaching leads to action. Coaching gets people into action. It's about moving your employee forward. It's about helping them to see that their growth lies outside of their comfort zone. That's a very important perspective and a mindset to keep. The coaching mindset is based on this problem with leadership problem solving. That means if you're a leader who's always fixing things and always coming up with the decisions about what to do when there's a problem, then your staff are always going to look to you for solving that problem and they're not going to be thinking for themselves. But when you coach people, when they come to you and say, I've really got a problem with one of my biggest customers out there, you start coaching them. You start prompting your people to solve their own issues and challenges, bringing out from them what they think about something and what they think needs to happen. What's the best possible outcome out there? What do you think could be done to get there? Well, then something magical happens. Then you as a leader start working less in your business and you start working on your business. Your team starts to develop and accomplish more. So that is a really good overview as to the mindset of how you approach this whole coaching thing. I know I didn't get into the five-step coaching model. I knew we wouldn't have time for it today. But you know what, Dana? We can always come back and talk about that another time. Sounds great. Practical tips are always useful. What I'm hearing from you is just ask more questions. Stop answering for your team and making sure that they actually are able to own the action and the ideas so that it's really less work for the coach or the, for the leader. That's it. And that way, when everybody's starting to work on a few skills or a few abilities, new habits, all of a sudden you see everything starting to lift. You see an entire team's capability and competencies start to improve. And then all of a sudden results start happening. Everybody starts becoming more engaged. The morale starts picking up. Everybody knows that they're becoming even better and, and they matter, that they're valued by their organization. It's interesting. So many leaders I've worked with, the biggest complaint they have is that they feel like they're beating their head against the wall. With It's almost like Groundhog Day. Do you remember that movie from I Bill sure Murray? <laughs> <laughs> Where you're essentially like, oh my gosh, did we not just talk about this the last 10 times we got together? Yeah. Whereas if you use that coaching approach, you can actually make forward momentum. Yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. Well, thank you so much for sharing all about those six guiding principles or about the mindset of a true coach. Right. And we look forward to maybe hearing some future tips on how we can actually dig into some of the tips and tricks. Appreciate how you explain this to all of us and really talking through those six pieces of a coaching mindset and really helping the coach 
become more of a facilitator for moving the business forward versus doing all the heavy lifting. Absolutely. So Terry, the other thing I'm really curious about is what do you see as the challenges that many of today's leaders are facing? Oh, I knew this question was coming, Dana. (laughs) You know the methodology. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a great question. I think that this is one that we all need to think about. I think there are really two huge problems. I mean, there are many, but probably the two biggest ones that I see are A, low trust and engagement. Mm. I think that that's really why this coaching methodology or this coaching approach within an organization, a manager coaching the members of their team is really, really important because doing that with transparency and doing it with the right mindset is really what's going to get that engagement factor out there. It's going to build trust and engagement. And I think that those are two of the key things I see missing in so many organizations. The second thing that I see as one of the biggest problems is people being asked to do more with less in a dramatically more chaotic world. The amount of information that's available to people, the way that businesses are changing in transformational ways, in truly disruptive ways, this is really a very difficult time to be a leader, especially a middle manager. People being asked to do more all the time, stepping up and being more productive, I think that it can be very stressful. And I think that that's another great reason why something like this works. Because the less you're having to work in your business and the more that you get to work on your business, I think a lot of leaders and managers are going to enjoy their jobs a lot more. Nobody wants to have more monkeys on their back. They've got enough. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. As we wrap up here, just would love to hear your perspective on what inspired leadership really means to you. It's really the summary of what I've heard from so many people. Every time I interview somebody on this particular show, I learn a little bit, especially when I ask this question about what does inspired leadership mean. I think that over the last few years, asking these amazing, capable, fantastic, high-performance leaders about what inspired leadership means to them, it's almost been like a PhD in leadership for me. I've been going to school and learning from the best of the best that have been coming on this show. So I think for me, if I can kind of summarize what I've learned over the last few years from others, inspired leadership has these two parts, to inspire and to lead. Inspiring others is to motivate or influence them. But I think overall, what it means to me to inspire somebody is setting an innovative and challenging mission, even if you're a team lead and your company has a mission. So even if there's an overarching mission to the organization that you're part of, it's figuring out what your team's piece of that puzzle looks like and helping to set that mission and to keep aiming for that all the time. Keep reminding people about the benefits that they're creating for their target market or what it is that they're doing. And that's kind of a nice bridge into the second part. That's the inspire piece. And then what is the leadership piece or the leading piece of this? That's about setting the course because leading people is largely determined by how you communicate verbally and non-verbally to engage your people. You need balance of both care and candor. And you need to be showing your people that they matter, but also driving them to be productive. So there's got to be that balance between those two aspects. And also taking some time to disconnect 
and stay on top of the big picture as well. You can't lead effectively until you can stop every now and then, back out of things, and reset yourself as a leader so that you can come back fresh to keep everybody moving forward. Okay. So I think it's that balance between inspiring people with something to reach for and move towards and strive towards, and then also leading them through both your communication, your nonverbal communication, that balance between care and candor, and also disconnecting yourself so that you can take a look at that bigger picture and reset for your people. Excellent. Well said, Perry. Thank you. Thank you so much, Terry, for being such a great sport, for being uh, on the hot seat today as a guest on your very own podcast that you created. (laughs) This has been fun, but you know what, Dana? This is tough. I didn't realize what I was putting people through. It's not easy coming on and talking at length about some of these things, but it sure is fun, I got to say. Well, it's been a pleasure. And just so everyone knows, we'll be putting links to Terry on LinkedIn, Twitter, his website, and more in the show notes. So don't be shy to reach out and connect. Well, that's it for another episode of Inspiring Leaders. We love bringing you examples of best practices and perspectives to help you become a more inspiring leader. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for joining us here and thanks for your engagement. Take care and we'll talk to you again next time.